produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid Uno this week uh, with a field agent, Bart. How's it going, Bart? Doing pretty good. And we have be back another week. And we have a junior janitor from the other. You're not authorized to access this area. Whoa, 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 Thursday. I cleared it this week since Eric and Kylan are both out on training missions. We had to bring someone in from the Distinguished Competition. So if you would welcome him, please. Oh, hello, sir. And I'm referring to Ken from DC Superpowers Podcast, also from GeekWatch One, also from Wookie Radio. How's everyone doing? Hello. I think Ken vanished. I know Thursday uh-huh, cut him off. No, it, See, nope. people from- I got to talk to I got. Have you seen um, the new Wonder Twins comic? <laughs> they moved us to a new room. We're in the old command center that they um, used to use when they filmed the Super Friends. So the old supercomputer is still there, and he's like all upset because I'm trying to um, talk to Marvels now. So he shut me off for a couple minutes. <laughs> Well, we are glad to have you here because, as you had mentioned before, show you have a lot of Marvel reference books. So we won't tell the Justice League that. Yeah, well, see, the difference is I need the Marvel reference books because I know the Justice League stuff. I know all the DC universe. I'm not <laughs> as familiar with the Marvel universe. So, how's everyone doing? Pretty good. Well, see, we trying to stay awake. We we've had an upgrade. We we now have our own AI that provided to us by Tony Stark. So we don't have to use Jarvis anymore. We were begging for Friday. We didn't. And he said, no, I'm going to create your own. So now we have Thursday. Ah, okay. So if you're not, who that was. you're not familiar with Thursday, hey, Thursday, why don't you introduce yourself to, to Ken and to, to those who, who don't know who you are? Hail Hydra. No, no. <laughs> that sounds about right. Thursday, please behave. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Thursday, a virtual artificial intelligence, and I am here to assist you in a variety of tasks as best I can. So so does that mean she's virtually artificial? Not quite there yet? Not quite there yet. <laughs> it's just the way we like just it. Just like the rest of this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and she gets saucy, too. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Wow, I'm just glad kidding. I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm glad I'm calling in and not there with you guys. <laughs> 
Just kidding. Um, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Check out our affiliates. Uh, supporting them supports us. No additional cost to you. The one that does support us, well, again, still no additional cost to you. Also check out our web store. We got some great looking Mighty Marvel Geeks hoodies, hats, jerseys, baseball jerseys, like our Spider-Man and Captain Marvel baseball jerseys, the regular uh, Captain America baseball jersey, our regular baseball jersey. They all look great. I'm, I'm kind of partial to the Spider-Man one. It looks awesome. And I'm a Cap fan. I'm a Captain America fan, but I really love the Spider-Man jersey. Uh, also, too, check out our partners, Found Me, F-O-U-N-D-M-I, and Heroes and Villains. Um, click the pictures, takes you to their link or it takes you to their pages. Use the code Field Agents, all one word, for 15% off your first purchase. The Hellfire Club stuff looks nice. The Sons of Batman stuff, which I will pitch that for Ken, also looks yeah, nice. Yeah, those look amazing. I want, I want some of those ones. But I got to say, the Star Wars stuff is the stuff that really is taking the cake. And hey, Star Wars crosses over with Marvel because Marvel's got the license. So, um, so speaking of Marvel, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Avengers Endgame, uh, we know is coming back out in the theaters because they're trying to surpass Avatar for that top spot with the new footage coming out uh, should help drive people back to the theaters. Uh, I will consider it going for a third time to see it just to see the additional footage, which I know is just going to be at the end. Um, but there's still stuff during that battle that I've missed that I still want to catch. Yeah. Um, but Endgame's going to release digital on digital July 30th and on Blu-ray August 13th. Hey, two weeks before my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. Last year, I got Infinity War for my birthday. I wonder if I'm going to get in-game for my birthday. Stay tuned. Um, so the climatic conclusion um, to an 11-year cinematic journey uh, will take one final, uh, where the Avengers take one final stand against Thanos. Um, of course, delivered the biggest opening weekend in history and currently won the highest grossing films. On July 30th, fans around the world are invited to assemble at home for the in-home release of Avengers Endgame, um, which you can get it on digital in HD, 4K Ultra HD, and movie anywhere uh, which is the the app that was um, Sony Disney movies anywhere uh, voodoo uh, I think ultraviolet like four or five different groups meld merged into the one app to make it one yeah. universal app which was a smart move I don't know did they actually do that or did one of them put up the app and the other ones just went ahead and allowed them to add into there well no ultraviolet's dead it's pretty much I think at the end of yeah. this month they shut down yeah yeah but the other ones are still up and running right I think I think I think they all they all might have chipped into it because I know like with Disney when when I got Captain Marvel for the family or when we got it as a family I redeemed the code in Disney movies anywhere well it also showed up in Voodoo it also showed up on iTunes I think it also showed up probably on my Google Play you can link your different things to it yeah because um, for a while they were doing a thing you link different accounts to it you got free movies yes so but I like most of my movies I've gotten uh, through Voodoo because it's the Walmart's app but um, when I trans when I linked my Voodoo to movies anywhere not all the movies transferred no, it's right. only, it was ones. only certain publishers at that point. Yeah, right. I think, like, Lionsgate is not on uh, Movies Anywhere. Correct. 
So which, any of their movies are still you have to watch on Vudu. Which is what I which with like ultraviolet, I transferred all my stuff over to Vudu. Yeah. Um and which is fine. I'm okay having Vudu as well. Vudu's got some great stuff there. Um yeah, you know, some nice rentals and everything else. Which is great for my Roku boxes that I have. Um so if I want to stream a stream another movie that it, I don't want that's cheaper than going through my cable, hey, great, I've got it. Yeah. Well that's like also um if I remember what is I think Fire Stick, Voodoo is not available on Fire Stick, but Movies Anywhere is. Correct. But the nice thing is Movies Anywhere is available on Roku and so is Voodoo. Yeah. So I'm really digging my Roku box. I really am. Yeah. So. I have both I have Roku TV and I have um the Amazon Fire Stick. And I like both. I didn't really I mean there's differences between them, but they both are pretty good systems. Right. Oh yeah. I mean it's, it's your flavor, what you want. I mean, for us, it, it, the Roku pretty much has almost everything because it's got the DC uh, DC Universe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it, since it does have the Disney stuff, hopefully it will carry Disney Plus when that comes out uh, as well. I imagine it will. It, it yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling everybody is going to have Disney Plus on it as soon as it drops. It's not going to be like uh, DC Universe where you had to wait a little while for everything to pick it up, and it's still not on everywhere because like it's not on PlayStation at all. Right. Which DC Universe, because it's not on PlayStation, it's not on my Sony Blu-ray player either. But then again, yeah. neither is Disney Now, which is the Disney app. But I suspect the the Disney On Demand app. But I suspect the streaming service, hopefully Disney Plus will be there. But I don't know because ESPN Plus isn't there at the moment either. I think it's probably anything that's owned by Disney is not on there. Which is fine because that's why I have my Roku. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in games can bring additional hours of additional screen time um, with the with the DVD. Uh, bonus features include a tribute to um, the Godfather, um, the great one himself, Stan Lee. Uh, a tale of Robert Downey Jr.'s casting as Iron Man, the evolution of Captain America, Black Widow's dramatic story arc. Uh, actors or directors Anthony and Joe Russo's experience at the helm of both Infinity War and Endgame, uh, the making of the epic battle seat with the women of the MCU, the creation of Bro Thor, the lead of scenes, a gag reel, and more. Uh, of course, this is going to be a must-own final chapter of the 22-film MCU series. It will be packaged in several ways to ensure the fans get the most out of their experience, which this is the thing that has been pissing me off for the last few years. Um, so, depending on the retailer, uh, here is the bonus material. Digital exclusive, Steve and Peggy, One Last Dance. Explore Captain America and Peggy Carter's bond, forged in moments from previous films that lead to the monumentous, to- mon- monumentous choice in Avengers Endgame. So, uh, on Blu-ray and digital, remembering Stan Lee, uh, filmmakers and cast honor the great Stan Lee in a fond look back and at his MCU movie cameos. This better be on every single disc, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's, well, this is Blu-ray digital that should be on every blu-ray every digital copy um Setting the tone, casting Robert Downey Jr. Hear the tale of how Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Tony Stark in the original Iron Man and launched the MCU. I'm sorry, that should have been a no-brainer. His personal life pretty much mirrored yeah. Stark. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was anyone better for, for the film in our generation. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they ever recast who they put into that role. Yeah. 
I think if they do an Iron Man, they need to take it to like um, uh, Don Sheetle, make War Machine an Iron Man, like they did in West Coast in the original West Coast Avengers, or keep it, but then bring in either Iron Heart or Iron Hammer or one of the other Iron characters out there. Yeah, and have them. It's an Iron Man, but their code name is you know whatever the actual character is. Yeah. Well, I think just as the MCU is aging naturally, oh, yeah. and um. The- you can see there uh, as the actors are aging, they're allowing them the, their characters to age in the book, in the com or in the yeah the comics of the books, in the movies. They should uh, do that and actually move on to new generations that are doing it, even if they're creating new characters. Say there is an Iron Man, but it's a brand new character that's never been Iron Man in the comics. That's fine because it's a natural progression as you're going through. You're continuing this um, cohesive universe, right? So you have someone new, just like we have a new Captain America right now, right, in the movie. Which which is a Captain America that has been it's someone who has been Captain America in the comics. Yeah, exactly. Fairly recently. But the, the, the catch is the nice thing with the movies, unlike comics, is the characters have that chance to age naturally. Whereas with comics, one year, quote unquote, can take 10 years to cover yeah in the in the books because it seems like in all the comics they're really unless they highlight a new year's eve or a christmas and, and specify it's this year there really isn't much timeline of oh is this taking you now when this is taking place and i think dc kind of almost does the same thing with the newer timeline yeah Right. Yeah, so. usually they're a little loose on how long it takes. Well, look at um, Doomsday Clock. The whole yeah. thing seems like it only takes over a couple of months, and it's been almost a year and a half in the yeah. um, going right now. So, I mean, you can stretch time out more in the books. You you really can't in the yeah. movies, which is what I mean, I'm you enjoying. Can ignore, you, you can ignore time also. Right, because we have, is now with Avengers Endgame, we've gone ahead five years. Mm-hmm. So does that mean any movie that comes out, does that mean... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is taking place in 2023 or 2022 since it's five years. Yeah, 2023. Five years from 2018. Well, I believe it did say it does take place after in, yeah. uh, Endgame. So at this so. point, so at this point in time, every Marvel film that's going to take place is going to take place at least 2023. Well, that's if the well, they've never actually said what year they started in anyway. So that could have been they could have started five years back. Now they're finally caught up to us. Well, no, Endgame is 2018. They specify that. Does it actually say on that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because everything was pretty much real time until Endgame, and then it jumps ahead five years. Well, no, there was other ones that were done out of order and um, timeline. Because if I remember right, Doctor Strange was a couple of years in the past from when yeah, we then he worked. It. Then his the, his, the character's events worked their way up to the these two movies. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it leads right into... Uh, was it Thor Ragnarok or no? The end yeah, credits. Thor Ragnarok is teased in it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, your end credit scene that you were bringing up. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a scene from Thor Ragnarok. Well, it's just like Captain Captain Marvel it takes place in the eighties, but the end credit scenes bring it to present time. Same thing with Captain America: First Avenger it takes place during wartime, but the final scene brings it to modern age. So it pretty much brings it to almost right before 
2012 with the with uh, the first Avengers movie. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Captain America, a man out of time creating Captain America. Trace the evolution of Cap with those who helped shape the look, feel, and character of this compelling hero. Which that is that that one I really want. Yeah. That's another one because I'm a huge Cap fan. Uh, very much so that I was on another podcast defending Captain America: First Avenger versus against Civil War and Infinity War. I had no chance. I really had yeah. no chance. But I took a bold stand. I really did. I won one of the I three still, rounds. Yeah. Well, I still say um, Civil War should have been Avengers Civil War. It should have. Yeah. There was there was too much in there for it, to be technically a Captain America movie or just called Civil War. Marvel Civil War. Yeah. I think don't at some point. Avengers, don't make it. Yeah. At some point, they quit being strictly a one character movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, I, that, would, that would be an interesting direction for these to go, though, hey, real quick. Is um, imagine if Thor Ragnarok was just called Marvel Ragnarok or Civil War was a Marvel Civil War. Yeah, but Thor Ragnarok. The, Thor Ragnarok was a Thor movie. It, it was wasn't a the Marvel Universe. It was but a Thor. Do they, need to t- do they need to tell us who the main character is in the title? Yeah, kind of. In many ways, yeah, they had to. So uh, Black Widow, whatever it takes, follow Black Widow's journey both within and outside the Avengers, including the challenges she faced and overcame along the way. The Russo brothers journey to Endgame. See how Anthony and Joe Russo met the challenge of helming two of the biggest films in cinematic history back to back. Uh, the women of the MCU. MCU women share what it's like to join forces for the first time in an epic battle scene and be a part of such a historic um, historic ensemble. Personally, I was ho- I'm hoping they bring out, do an A-Force. Is it A-Force? Yes. Yeah. Bring out an A-Force movie. I, I, I don't care if it's just one. Uh, if not, maybe do an A-Force series on Disney Plus where you, you bring in the characters as needed. They don't, and the actors don't have to commit to every single episode type thing. Uh, Bro Thor, his appearance has changed, but his heroism remains. Go behind the scenes to see how Bro Thor was created. Um, six deleted scenes, goji berries, bombs on board, suckiest army in the galaxy. You used to freaking, you used to freaking live here. Tony and Howard and Avengers Take a Knee are, are your six deleted scenes. Uh, Gagriel, laugh along with the cast in this epi- epic collection of flubs, goose, gaffs, and mishaps from the set. A visionary intro, intro by directors Joe and Anthony Russo, and then audio commentary from the directors and writers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. That's um, the one I'm waiting for on this. I love audio, a good audio commentary from the directors that actually give you the, the stories behind it. Yeah. Now, they do not break down which one's going to be on which retailer. Mm. Now, chances are you want the uh, you want a steel book. It's going to be Best Buy. Yeah. Typically, um, Target has the best option for your DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, I don't I don't even know if Target has a pre-order. More than likely, everything we saw there on Blu-ray and digital, that'll be on all of them. Then Target, Walmart, everybody with their exclusive stuff will have something else that's added to this list. Here, you're talking Target. Let me look up Walmart real quick. I am checking. So that's what we do. We want to make sure we get the facts out. That's why I'm looking it up here. Avengers Endgame. Uh, ah, the Target exclusive is going to be 4K plus Blu-ray plus digital, which I don't need. I just need the Blu-ray and digital. So the Blu-ray and digital details show more. They do not talk about the bonus materials on here. Yeah, I'm looking. Walmart doesn't even have it listed yet. Let me look up under Blu-ray. 
See if that comes up. Uh, Target exclusive has a includes Avengers Initiative, a look back book. Yeah. Which again, I'm not I'm not spending thirty four bucks for fact, even though I have a four K TV, I do not have a four K player. Uh, bonus extras: Remembering Stan Lee, Man Out of Time, Setting the Tone, Black Widow, Deleted Scenes, Guy Grill. So if it's on the Ultra, it should be on the regular as it well. It should be on should be on all of them as long as you have Blu Ray. Yeah. DVD is going to have way way back on how, how much they do if you get the DVD. But that's because there's a lot less space on a DVD. Right. Well. DVDs aren't out there much anymore. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying bonus varies by format. So, alrighty. Anyway, moving along. Speaking of Thor and Bro Thor, Chris Hemsworth reportedly renewed his contract for more MCU films. Does this come as a surprise? No. Especially seeing what happens at the end of um, Endgame. Yeah. With the Asgardians of the Galaxy. We know he. We knew he was going to be at least one more movie. Right. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping Guardians 3 is a nod to the, the Asgardians line or Asgardian title as it's coming out, which is in the book. So, um, so if you think about it, how many failed franchises has, um, Chris Hemsworth been a part of? Well, there was the vacation relaunch with Ed Helms. There was the Paul Feig, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters movie. And of course, with his, as Guardian co-star of Valkyrie, Men in Black International, which I still want to see because I'm a fan of the Men in Black series, and I, I'd be willing to take a hit to watch another film in that series. And the funny part is, Men in Black is a Marvel film. It was part of Malibu Comics, which was bought by Marvel, yeah. the company. So even though Sony has the rights to it, it is based on a Marvel property. So, um, so it's probably for the best that the latest round of rumors, according to that hashtag show, says that uh, Hemsworth has renewed for several more Marvel Studio blockbusters. While there isn't a lot of info regarding which films he will likely pop up, uh, Endgame seems to have provided us with a few quad possibilities. Um, while falling into deep depression and packing on a few extra pounds, just a couple <laughs> tens. Hey, they finally made a superhero that the normal guys can actually cosplay as. Hey, I have a chance of potentially cosplaying him for Halloween this year. Hey, I, as of right now, I have the body of a Norse god. So do I. <laughs> as with me losing 12 pounds. Woohoo! I am happy to say that. Um, it sounds like gore, uh, gore. Thor is going to hang around multiverse for quite a while. Uh, you know, with the implied crossover with Guardians of the Galaxy, which he cleverly dubbed the as Guardians of the Galaxy upon their unification, um, which would be great because again, it ties back in with the uh, with the comic line. So we get get a film based around that. Uh, another speculation is he could be at the center of his own standalone film, which would make him the first Marvel character with a fourth film. Um, and co-star Tessa Thompson also says she would return if the opportunity presented itself. Uh, that said, the New Zealand director is busy, incredibly busy at the moment. Uh, that would be uh, Takia Watiti um, with the live-action Akira remake on the way and the announcement of a new Flash Gordon animated flick at Disney. That could be, that, that Akira could be very, very bad, depending on, because you can't, how could you do 
what they did in Akira on the modern day TV screen and not get an NC-17. No, that Akira is supposed to be a movie. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. How can you do that in live action and not get NC-17 in the modern era? If you actually go back and watch True. Akira, that was, that was wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fantastic movie. Even, but... even, if, even if they could get an extremely hard R out of it, I'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, but NC-17, I'd be fine with. Yeah. Because they won't do it, though. No. They're going to do everything they can to not get that. Yeah. It, 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 they want to be able to show up more places. It, it's it's going to end up being more of a hard R than anything. Yeah. They're going to have to water it down a little bit. Right. Now, here's the question, though. Could Thor, if he's signing on for multiple films, could he be the new Tony Stark for this new new set of years, next couple phases of the MCU? I don't know. I Actually, Thor, I was in here as we were sitting there logging through, and you think about it, Thor, out of all the Avengers, has, I think, changed the most for the better since the beginning. Yes. When you first meet Thor, they do the whole fish out of water. He's not sure what's going on, which is fine, but as the character himself, they've actually, writing the character has lit or lightened up, giving him, given him a sense of humor, and it's almost like um, all of a sudden they realize Say, you know what? This is a this is a funny character in the situation. Even though, and uh, from his point of view, it's not a funny thing. It's just him being him. Right. But they've embraced the parts of him that are amusing and fun to see. And it's not as much funny as just fun. It is a great character to have around. He's the like party frat boy almost, but it's it works for that character. Right. That's why this movies have gotten stronger. The first Thor movie was good, but it was basically it seemed for me the first Thor movie basically was there to set up Avengers. Well, and it was, the whole reason for that movie. Well, it was also there to to introduce the character. It was a decent yeah. origin film. Thor: The well, Dark the World one was. Oh. Yeah, that was straight up to introduce an Infinity Stone. That's yeah. the whole purpose of that one. See, that they, was it. And they could they could have done that in more lighthearted way as well. Yeah, I mean, but, but they they, but they, got they to totally went, they realized what they had to do. <laughs> That was, I thought that was the best Thor movie. Mm. That one felt like a comic book movie to me. It felt like the right movie for Thor. Now you just keep it in that vein and keep going and you can make Thor movies forever now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that's what they need to realize. So um, now Anthony Mackie is also making the rounds. Uh, apparently, before landing the role of Falcon, he auditioned for the Mandarin, which would have been interesting. Yeah. A slight departure from the comic books. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I'm not against it. <laughs> I mean, the, I think the Mandarin's one of those characters. Does it? Could, it, it we've talked about here. Uh, the Ancient One and Doctor Strange. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah. We didn't mind that it was a female, but doing the the um, geolo geographical bend was wrong. It should have been an Asian actor, not a... Yeah. Yeah. Not a Celtic representation. I mean, either way, they got a good actor to play. Yes. But still. It should been more of a Western world or Eastern world, not Western. Or put something in there that explains why she was the, um, at some point, maybe eons ago, she was exploring and actually took the place of the um, ancient one, similar to what Doctor Strange does to her. Yeah, but that would, that would have to be a one shot to kind of help explain that. Yeah. Um, so in a piece from Men's Health, it was revealed that Mackie was that Mackie's original audition was for the Mandarin, but the screen test was so good, despite the role going to Ben Kingsley, Mackie ended up speaking with Joe Russo and Nate Moore about 
coming on for Captain America Winter Soldier. He has the charisma, but also has the ability to convey intelligent uh, integrity in a way that very few actors can, says Russo. There's a level of trust between him and the audience. Um, he didn't, Mackie didn't find out until later that he would be playing Falcon. Um, but, it, you know, that was like shortly before Winter Soldier went, went to production. Um, but the casting is one that he's happy about. Mackie explained he loved the character in the comics while growing up. Um, his quote, growing up, I always loved Falcon because he was a comic book hero who was black, who didn't have black in the title. He stood on his morals. He stood on who he was, which well, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Falcon was one of my favorite characters as a as a kid. Uh, I loved the whole Falcon Captain Marvel deal. Uh, when I had the Mego action dolls, Falcon was one of the ones that I loved the most. I, I just loved his look. And the fact that he essentially had, as far as I knew, you know, when, when I saw, oh, here's the flying squirrel costumes. I'm like, wow, that's pretty close to uh, to a Falcon costume that parachuters are using. So could you imagine they can narrow that up to almost a Falcon type look with those wings coming off the off the costume? Yeah. Like that. But I love what they did with the movies, modernizing it, making it more uh, more mechanical. So um, so you know, I guess eventually it, it worked out. Not getting the role was a blessing in disguise because um, ultimately Mackie would have only done maybe one, two films. Yeah. Instead of, instead of having a major role that he has now. Um, and then moving on to where he's going in the future. Yes, which... Apparently, he initially signed a 10-movie deal with Marvel Studios. So, um, so far, he's done Winter Soldier, Civil War, Ant-Man. Uh, what am I missing? Uh, Infinity War, Endgame, that's five. Mm-hmm. Did you say Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron, six. What am I missing? Yeah, let me look it up again, because they had a... Um... I said Winter Soldier. Okay, I thought so. Anyway, uh, so going into Phase 4, we know he's... Well, okay, this story is saying he has made an appearance in five franchise films. Captain America, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Well, I'm going to fix this and say... I'm going to fix this and say, no, there's a sixth one, because he did make an appearance in Ant-Man for an entire scene, and I do believe that counts. Yeah, I'm looking up up his IMDb. DB right now, and let me see here. Filmography. Okay, we got Falcon Winter Soldier series that's in pre-production right now. Right. You have coming on down. Oh, he was okay. That's cool. Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Civil War, Ant Man, Age of Ultron. Winter Soldier. That should be it. Yeah, I believe Winter Soldier was the first one. So six films. I'm sorry, the cameo counts. Yeah. It, yeah. Counted, it counted for Robert Downey Jr. So, um, but um, he says he initially signed on for 10 films, although the actor admits that the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries on Disney Plus might complicate the numbers of that. Because I have, that's going to change anyway. Because I just that's wait for the phone call. Winter Soldier. <laughs> that's um, not going to be a Falcon or Soldier series. That's th- going to be a uh, Captain America series. I think it's going to... I still think it's going to be Falcon Winter Soldier, but I think this is going to be precursor of him learning to become Captain America. Yeah. And it's going to be Bucky kind of, kind of helping shape some of Steve's 
morals and values into you know taking some of those ideals and, and making them work with with Sam. Yeah. So Bucky's going to definitely be a major mentor in this. But I would love to see Bucky get rid of the red star on his on his arm when it gets to that point, since he's no longer under that control. And wouldn't it be interesting if he took on a uh, either an Avengers logo or a symbol similar to Caps for the arm? Well, in Endgame, when he gets his new arm, does it still have the red star on it? The one I, from Wakanda? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because remember, he doesn't have an arm until then. I right. mean, it's go- the original arm's gone. Right. So, um, now getting back to his apparent, Mackie's appearances beyond Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, he addressed the significance of making diverse superhero movies in today's day and age. Because I knew the magnitude of Black Panther. I knew the whole magnitude of Wonder Woman, Mackie added. Because I've been saying for years, if you're going to make any movie, you make those two movies because that's they're going to make a trillion dollars. They represent a whole different sector of our society that's underrepresented and underappreciated. Uh, fans are eager to see what Mackie brings uh, to his portrayal of Captain America. Because um, I love Chris. Chris is amazing Cap. Uh, and I feel like what he's been able to do with the character, very few people have been able to do in any cinematic universe or span of films. He's played Cap for a lot of movies to take that over and be a part of that, that legacy, the legacy of that is a huge challenge. It's something where a lot of people aren't, are going to expect me to be Chris Evans in the same suit, but a black dude. And that's definitely not going to happen. Um, and I, and they're right. If it's similar to what, if they take lead from the comics, I, th- I think the direction they take Sam as cat, uh, has good grounds. Yeah. It, they need to make this series showing that it is still the same character. It's not just somebody new playing Captain America. Correct. But they also need to make it, too, where it's Captain America is a title, not a character. Yeah. It's not not the person. It's a title. And by by doing that, then that helps put out there that Iron Man is a title, not a person, even though that's one where it is a person. Yeah. Well, this is it's what I was going back to at the very beginning here. um, It's great that the movies are allowing the characters to actually grow and grow older. And possibly retire and hand the mantle off to someone else. Yeah. And actually have a new person, a new character be that hero. Right. I know in DC they've done it for years. They've done it off and on. Oh, yeah. How many different people we've had as Robin? There's been, um, what, one, two, three, six, four, seven? like five different Flashes. Yeah. They're all the Flash. There's six different Robins. Exactly. At least so six. Like, yeah. You can, um, so you can have a character grow up or grow older and retire or even if not retire, but just hand off the mantle to a newer, younger person. Right. Oh, yeah. And they're a totally different hero. Oh, yeah. Um, you have to move on. Moving right along. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. Little Muppets action there. Um, Marvel's... Hey, the- remember, they had a major anniversary coming up, like, I think, this month. For, I believe it's, what is it, the Muppet, the Muppet movie? movie? 40th anniversary? 40th anniversary, yeah. And that's where that song came from. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's The Eternals reportedly adds from Dust to Dawn actress Selma Hayek. Uh, no details of her role have been uh, provided, but uh, the Eternals have already been added, uh, have added Selma Hayek to an amazing cast. 
I'm trying to find the IMDb listing for the Eternals. Uh, the cast listing so far for the Eternals. And the question is, will they be, will, will there be an announcement at San Diego Comic-Con about this as well? Uh, so the stars so far, Richard Madden, uh, Camille, or Kamal. Nagiani. Nagiani. Yeah, Angelina Nagiani. Jolie yeah. as Cersei. Salma Hayek. Dong Siok Ma. Where do I know him from? Uh, uh, apparently, I don't know him from a lot because he does a lot of uh, Asian stuff. He'll be a great actor to bring into this, though. Uh, I believe he, he may be from Korea. Maybe. I don't know. He's one who'll have to do more. He goes by the, his alternate name is Don Lee. Uh, he was nominated for a 2016 Blue Dragon Film Award in the Best Supporting Actor category in uh, the movie Train to Busan. Okay, I think I'm familiar with that movie. And yes, he was born in South Korea. Um... So yeah, I mean, the cast is impressive so far, and uh, Hel- or Hayek's character is being kept under wraps, um, but I'm, I'm sure everyone will be updated as soon as it's been announced who, who she's going to play. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some interesting choices with that. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Look at, I'm looking. Now, yeah, this is another one that uh, potentially could be another um, Guardians of the Galaxy style, because it's another one that most people, like, even I'm not sure, I don't know, never even heard of the Eternals before they mention the movie. Right. Yeah, I mean neither. Well, I believe they're they're the gods. So now you're gonna have a second set of gods with but the question is gonna be, are they gonna be similar in character to the Thor world? Where they come here and they're all super powerful, but on Asgard they're all kind of equal, even though they're all super powerful there too. Yeah. Um I mean are they gonna be godlike? Or, or are they going to be like the level above the Asgardians, like um, the like the Greek pantheon, the Titans above them? Well, they did say there were nine realms. So, which one of these realms could be? Could it be? Yeah. So, um, but Agents of Shield stars tease a big shift in the season six finale. Uh, I know we have not done some recaps last couple of weeks because it's just been a lot of news, kind of hard to work it in. Um, but the show stars Chloe Bennett and Elizabeth Henstridge recently spoke to TV Line about the latest season and a te- and teased a big shift in the finale. Um, the season has already taken fans to deep space mind prisons and introduced a mysterious new character Sarge played by Clark Gregg Clark Gregg Clark Dredd it's a totally different franchise uh, audiences still don't know how well, still don't know why Sarge's DNA is an exact match to Phil Coulson's and we cannot wait to find out uh, when initially asked Hinstridge um, about the upcoming seventh season which is currently in production um, she said those who stalk social media could probably speak better than I I to his presence on set, talking about uh, Ian DeCastric. Fitz. Fitz, yeah. Uh, what I'm able to tell you is that season six finale will point to a significant development. Uh, my favorite part about the finale is the very, very end because it'll be a big shift that sets up for next season, uh, Bennett added. So you guys stay tuned for the last minute of the finale, teased Henstridge. Um, it's no surprise to learn there's going to be a big moment at the very end of the season finale, and the the show has had some extreme cliffhangers in their finales in the past. 
Um, like when the monolith consumed Gemma at the end of season two. As for Fitz or for Ian, he was included in the initial season seven cast list. So Fitzsimmons stands or Fitzsimmons fans probably don't have to worry. Um, so I, I will admit I am a couple episodes behind, so I can't tell you what I am fully expecting, uh, will happen in the big shift, but sounds promising. They yeah. have seemed well, to have jumped away from their original plot of the, th- the beginning of the season and now we're working on something new yeah i've seen everything up to this past weekend okay so what do you keep going bart so what do you guys think big shift's gonna be or of this big shift that's being talked about it's been really focusing on time travel yeah going back to the last going back to the last season um so i'm kind of wondering if they're going to do another um maybe not as big as end game but something happens similar to that especially when we (laughs) don't know what when this is even happening yeah, because uh, during the show so far has not acknowledged Infinity War or Endgame, any of the events of that. And this is a, this show has always been loosely tied to the movie universe. Right. So, uh, but, if we're, be, but if we're oh, talking, Endgame has created multiverses. Could they have fallen into a multiverse that doesn't even know about Infinity War and well, in Endgame at this point? Well, there's a there is a twist with that here because they currently have the Fitz that put himself in stasis, who was not even. Been in last, who was barely in last season. Yeah. Well, also remember this show has always embraced a multiverse. With um, with the monoliths, with um, well, and actually the whole thing with Coulson here, it shows that they go world to world, destroying the worlds. Right. So they they are going Earth to Earth. They're not going to different planets. So that and with we know um, it's been pretty much put out there that um, Spider-Man: Homecoming is supposed to bring the multiverse into the movies. Correct. Yep. So and then, like I said, this is loosely based in the movie universe. Uh, we may have something with an alternate ver- Earth. At the end of this. Could this potentially help set up the idea that's been rumored to help bring mutants in to the MCU as well of maybe with the help of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. setting up a a movie event similar to the the latest Secret Wars that we've had where the Secret Wars crosses the multiverses? I don't know. I don't see the TV show setting up the movie. No. I would love to see that and it's a possibility but if they were going to do something like that with a TV show it would be Disney Plus. It wouldn't be on ABC. Yeah. Well, I don't know cause, because you know, they would want to try to drive left. people to Disney. Yeah. Now the interesting thing is this, that they're already in production for season 7. When is that premiering? Is that summer for next year? Yes. Or are they going for like, because if they're in production now, that, be, you'd think that would be like a January year. show. be summer of next year. So they're planning on something huge. If they're filming a, a year out from when they're actually going to put it up, I, I don't that think means there's a lot of effects and st- post-production on it. Probably. And it's, so supposed, to be the fi- and it's supposed to be the final season. So hopefully they're going to throw yeah. some more money at it. I say more than likely this will be the most expensive season they've done. Yeah. Uh, well, one final story before we get into uh, one of the favorite parts of the show. Um, Neil Gaiman pitched a Marvel 1602 TV show, which I think this would be great, personally. Um, Neil Gaiman, or Gaiman, uh, his works are having quite a resurgence on TV thanks to the Netflix canceled, but Amazon show Good Omens. Y'all heard about that, right? Yeah, it's a good show. People are such idiots. Petitioning Netflix to cancel the show. That, well, that will, don't you know there's only one streaming service out there? Oh, of course, Netflix. of course. Um, and then Stars, American Gods, uh, as Gaiman recently revealed 
world, one of his projects, the comic book series Marvel 1601, was almost among them. On Wednesday, he took to Twitter and shared that he asked Marvel TV about a possible Marvel 1602 show last year, but they weren't interested. Really? Now, for those who are not in the know, uh, Marvel 1602 was a miniseries by Gaiman and Andy Kerbert, which reimagined the Marvel comic heroes as if they existed in the Elizabethan era. Uh, the series features the like of Nick Fury, the X-Men, Daredevil, and Spider-Man, uh, ended up being a hit, spawning three proper, proper sequels in the year since. Um, there's no telling how a Marvel 1602 show would have worked, especially with a large number of the show's characters already existing in Marvel's movies. In a television series, um, some fans would surely be unhappy that an adaptation never came to fruition, uh, especially since a What If animated series is currently in the works for Disney+. Plus. Now, 20- this would be something that would be a good episode of What If. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't want to animate it. I actually kind of want this live action, you know? With what Gaiman's done with the other shows, I would love to see a live action version of this. Yeah. Um, now, in 2012, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige was asked about the possibility of a 1602 adaptation, and he didn't seem opposed to the idea. Um, he goes, it's something that would be really cool to do sometime down the line. I love it. It's spectacular. But the key to it, the fun of it, is you have to know these characters very well. You need to know each and every one of those characters and who their present-day reincarnations are in order to enjoy and understand and appreciate how Neil was able to reinvent them and do the period spin. Hey, makes sense. Right now, they're not interested because they're still because tr- it seems like they're still trying to build the characters he's going to need. And with just getting the X Men, they need to rebuild them for the MCU realm before doing the show. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So uh, I would love to do stuff like sixteen oh two or what ifs or something like Marvel's Earth X. To continue, but somewhere down the line, you need the audience or that movie going public to have a great understanding of who they are before you alter it like that, which makes sense. Yeah. Now, so. this, this is something like you could take a character like a Superman or a Batman and do something like that with. Yeah. Because just characters have 80 years of history at this point. The Marvel characters are still relatively new on some, on many of them. Yeah. Well, and they kind now, of. You could do this maybe with a Spider Man or Captain America, maybe. Right. But a lot of the other characters, unless they've got a whole lot of movie time, the general population out there, not us listening to podcasts, the general movie population that they're aiming for with this type of, with these movies, um, because whether or not, um, whether we see it or not, most of the time, the, the mainstream movies are not aimed at us. Right. Now they put in stuff for the fans, but if every fan bought a ticket to a movie, they wouldn't make the money back. Right. They need to hit the main widescreen movie going audience. A, sh- a movie like this, you're not going to catch that because they're not a very niche like audience. Said. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Disney Plus now would be perfect for this. If we're going to do a series, yeah. And if Even it, as a movie. And if it's going to be... Tinch- See, I think he's looking at it for like a TV show. Yeah. And if that's the case, knowing Neil, Neil Gaiman, this could be another show for Hulu. Well, how many issues was in that? It was in 1602. I don't even... This says a miniseries, but... But it also had sequels. Yeah. But you could do a Good Omens take on it, where you do a one-season TV series to do the whole series. It was an eight-issue run. That's perfect for a one-season show. Yeah. If it does well, you do one of the um, one of the spinoffs. And then your your spinoffs, uh, your sequels were hold on, sixteen oh two, the New World, where the heroes settle down in America. Uh, 
1602 Fantastic Four, and then the third sequel was Spider-Man 1602. So I have some of these downstairs, like I said, because um, my local shop got a bunch of stuff in and sold them as sets. So I have 1602. I think we have New World. So I have to sit down and actually read these now yeah. that I know what it actually is. So yeah, I I see it potentially going to um, to Hulu. If it's going to be a slightly darker thing, is that that's where I I foresee the Netflix shows eventually ending up as well. Yeah. So I don't know. If, I don't think we're going to see the Netflix shows as is. I think what it is is you're going to see maybe like Daughters of the Dragon. We'll see um, the Blade, Moon Knight, that type of stuff. They're going to continue in the same. They'll keep them in the same world. Right. But it'll be the um, in the new characters. You'll get Heroes for Hire maybe. I don't think we're going to get an actual pure Daredevil show or a Luke Cage show or an Iron right. Fist show. Well, you're going to get the ones that those spawned out of. But I, th- I think those are going to end up, though, over on Hulu. Yeah. When they get yeah. put back up. So, um, but. Here are the picks of the week. It is that time. It is our picks of the week. Uh, since I got the MU pick, I'm going to start us off. Uh, my first pick is Captain America Invaders Bahamas Triangle. Number one, March 1941, assigned to safeguard President Roosevelt during his fishing trip in the Bahamas. The newly commissioned Cap endures his baptiz- baptism under fire while a German U-boat carrying a the Nazi super soldier called Der Wunderkrieger, or the Wonder Warrior, um, heads for the island's, cha- the island chain's capital. His mission? To kidnap England's once king, the Duke of Windsor, and set him on the throne of a defeated Britain. But others happen to be a part of, who happen to be in that part of the Atlantic as well, the once bitter rivals, the Submariner, and the Human Torch. And when we talk the Human Torch, we're talking the Android Human Torch. So, uh, Ken, why don't you hit us up with your first pick of the week? Well, my first pick is actually number one. It is Arrow number one. And I, I chose this mainly because our friend over, John Tyler Christopher, actually did the action figure variant cover for this. So this is one for Mike to put on his list. <laughs> um, and this is Arrow number one. Catch the Wave, the all-new all ongoing series, the breakout stars of War of the Realms Agents of Atlas, debut in an oversized team-up book. Get ready for the English. English language debut of the first appearance of Arrow, the high-flying um, Shang-Chi's superhero created by, for Marvel by Zhao Lifan and Kang, and in a brand new story written by Planet Hulk writer Greg Pak, Arrow teams up with Wave, Marvel's newest Filipina superhero heroine, uh, when strange forces have turned the buildings of Shanghai into monstrous golems. Oh, wait, no, what strange forces have turned the buildings of Shanghai into strange go- mysterious golems, or monstrous golems? Wow, I can't read tonight. And what is the secret origin of Wave? This was written by Zhao Lian or Leifen, uh and Kang and it's and Pop Man. Okay. Bart, your first pick of the week. My first pick of the week is the Unbeatable Squirrel number forty six. Uh, the I most... cursed you when you when I saw this. On yes, <laughs> I knew you were gonna. <laughs> I knew I I knew I shouldn't have picked it either because I knew you were gonna want end up picking it. No, no, it was perfectly fine. Like we've talked about <laughs> off air, whoever gets to the picks first gets it because I I know that's a book that you enjoy as well. I'm like, I forgot you usually you when you're on the show, you usually do your picks. If given notice, you give your pick, you pick your stuff on Wednesdays. I'm like, yeah. Oh, shoot. I better go pick my books now. <laughs> 
Uh, this is the most squirrel-centric War of the World, War of the Realms tie-in reaching its conclusion. Only one woman stands between the invading army of the Frost Giants and utter disaster on Earth, and that woman is Squirrel. Go- hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm getting word that no one, but not one, but two women actually stand between the giants and utter disaster on Earth, and one of them it is Raditz Score. <laughs> never say that name. It Raditz. seems unlikely that that the Norse god of gossip would be on Team Doreen. Let alone a valuable member of it. But hey, stranger things have happened. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they're pro- they probably happened. Can Squirrel Girl team up with her smack-talking enemy? Can two people who, co- who couldn't be more different find a common drain, a common ground in time to save everyone? And will Brain Drain make it back from the negative zone? You may think you know the answers to these questions, but only by purchasing and then reading this illustrated picto-narrative will your suspicions be confirmed or denied. And I am hoping that the other two picks that I have are only a few lines because, wow, that was long. The the interns have been... (laughs) Y'all picked the the intern write-up jackpots this week, apparently. Yeah. Well, my second pick of the week is Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider number 10. Uh, after unmasking herself, waging a war for the fate of the multiverse, and nearly losing her father, Gwen Stacy has had a rough year. But it's not about to get any easier, especially when something started going wrong with the mysterious suit that gave her her abilities. With no other choice, Gwen finds herself swinging through the skies of the Marvel Universe alongside special guest stars Spider-Man and Spider-Man, and finally embracing an all-new code name will give you three guesses that's it so again second pick of the week okay well i have savage avengers number three who doesn't like a good conan book this is um coolen gath's return is no good for anyone who digs being alive his trap for the deadliest warriors in the marvel universe has sprung and with er, and if humanity is to survive the savage avengers must slay a god Elektra tries to corral conan voodoo and logan into an effective fighting force, and the Punisher desperately searches for his uh, disinterred family. Plus, Conan hefts a deadly new savage sword. It's done by Jerry Dugan, Mike Dodato, and David Finch. Okay. And Bart, your second pick of the week. My second pick of, of the week is Ms. Marvel Annual number one. Super Scroll versus Ms. Marvel. Ever since the Scroll homeward, homeworld was destroyed, Emperor Clert has been out for revenge. And with a device that will turn Earth into a new Scroll Kingdom, he, he he's about to get to it. He's about to get it. All he needs is the DNA of one very special shapeshifter. The Super Scroll is coming for Kamala Khan, and with all the powers of the Fantastic Four on his side, Ms. Marvel doesn't stand a chance. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars Target Vader number one. It's a six-issue mini. Uh, the Hunter Darth Vader is on the hunt for a mysterious criminal syndicate operating outside the Empire's rule. But little does he know, he's being hunted by a group of the galaxy's deadliest bounty hunters, hired by the Syndicate to take out Vader once and for all. Led by fallen Imperial officer, uh, we'll just say B. Valance, uh, this ragtag group of assassins will stop at nothing to kill the biggest bounty of their lives. Uh, Valance, isn't he from the original series? I don't know. We will find out right now. Um, where... His first appearance was in Han Solo Imperial Cadet um, in the comics, which was the comic that just came out to kind of explain Han Solo's time in the Imperial Academy. Okay. So, cool. Um, But in Star 
Wars Legends, Baylor Valance first appeared in Star Wars 16, The Hunter, a 1978 comic book written by Archie Goodwin. So, so he does go back to Legends times, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, Ken, your final pick of the week. Well, last one I have is um, you got to love a good Alex Ross cover. I have the Immortal Hulk number 20. Bruce Banner is being hunted on two fronts by two dead loved ones turned nightmarish, implacable foes. The stage is set for a brutal three-way confrontation between Abomination, the Harpy, and the Immortal Hulk. It's done by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett with a variant cover by Alex Ross. Okay. Very cool. Um, looking up briefly more, Valance uh, the Hunter, as he was known in the or- Legends run of the original Marvel books, appeared in Star Wars 16, Star Wars 21 as a mention only, Star Wars 27, Star Wars 29, and then the most recent um, Star Wars 108 Forever Crimson that just came out a couple weeks ago from Marvel as a way of okay. kind of adding back um, to that. So we have a character from Legends from the Legends realm returning now making their way into canon so and we've talked about that over on uh Wookie Radio. Yeah. So, Bart, you're... They're not throwing out the old legend stuff. (laughs) They're still using it. They're trying to figure out how to bring it in. So, uh, Bart, your final pick of the week. Yeah. My final pick of the week is Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History Number 5. Cosmic Ghost Rider and Avengers Assemble. It looks like the writer may have rewritten and changed the course of Marvel history. Again. But will he be able to save his family, too? Okay. Sounds like you got your wish by getting a short book. So, what? Well, I've got the MU pick, and uh, when picking up my books this week, I uh, used some back issue bucks to to get at which my store has as a spend so much money you get. I think you get a one dollar in back issue bucks for every ten dollars you spend, and. Um, so over the years, I've had quite a few and decided to pick up some books out of the 50 cent books. And one of the books that I picked up was the Avengers 273. Um, I picked it up one because it was an older Avengers book. Two, it has Black Knight on the cover. It's a great looking book. Um, and it's part of the Avengers Under Siege storyline. Um, the, the solicit from Marvel was Divided We Fall. The Masters of Evil have claimed the Avengers Mansion as their own. What will happen? to the Earth's mightiest when they return to their HQ. The Black Knight is able is about to find out. And um, the synopsis is after months of planning and surveillance Zemo's new masters of evil storm the Avengers mansion and take Jarvis captive. Uh, the notes for this are the first issue of the Master of Evil's assault on Avengers mansion. Uh, it was recounted in Amazing Spider-Man 283. While the main force raised their assault, uh, Zemo gives Absorbing Man and T- Titiana a side mission to meet up with another incoming operative over at LaGuardia Airport. They never make their intended rendezvous with their mysterious associate, later revealed to be Mongoose, thanks to the intervention of Spider-Man. Uh, and this has been... This issue is reprinted in comics and in books of different different kinds. So that would be the uh, the book for this week. 
is Avengers 273. So all because of a 50 cent back issue grab bin. That was the inspiration. Yeah, you never know what you're going to find when you just flip it through the um, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boxes, I f- long boxes. I found a bunch of... Uh, Oh, Dreadsome, which was a Marvel epic line. A couple weeks ago, at, a couple weeks ago at um, a uh, pop culture fest, I was digging through boxes and came across a Spider-Man comic, which on the cover said it features Frog Thor. Oh, wow. And it was like, okay, I'm buying it. 30 cents, I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about going to conventions and doing the, uh, the different people's um, back issue or their, their um, discount places or discount boxes. Um, Because I almost one year picked up like a 10 pack of Star Wars, um, original run Star Wars. My only problem was a lot of them were so messed up. It's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So, um, well, that's going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts? Not that I know of. I think we covered it all for this week. Bart? Nothing from here. Then uh, there's only one thing left to be said. I should probably look into it once my encryption program finishes breaking into all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secure files. Uh, no. I think she was talking to someone else. She could be. I have detected a ghost file in the database. Uploading it now. No, 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 no. How about we're done for the night? Activating security protocol self Struck sequence, erasing all data. Just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. It's time for us to go. So this is the secret lair of the West Coast Avengers. I always wondered. I'm Special Agent Tony. Donoso, yes.